Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my girlfriend, Carol. How you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. It's been a good week here. It is... August 17th, 1996. Yeah, it is. Speeding our way through August. What do you think about that? I think you talk weird. August. We have been doing this show for nearly three years, and you are just now noticing that I talk weird. No, I've noticed it before. I just wanted to give you a hard time today. Oh, okay. Well... Mission accomplished. It is one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. How how have you acclimated to our living situation? Um, still kind of getting used to it. Yeah. How about you? I I I think it's it's nice to have somebody. You know how like my clothes. My clothes used to be on the floor all the time, and now, somehow, they're not. (laughs) Magic, huh? They're not on the floor anymore. It's because there's a magical little fairy that follows you around and picks up after you. (laughs) Came with the apartment. Right. But uh, I I cook dinner for you and stuff, you know? Yeah, sometimes. It's a trade-off. Sometimes. (laughs) Wow. Who cooked dinner tonight? Okay, but who cooks delicious food? Hey, now, both of us. Oh, yeah. yeah. The dinner was really good tonight. Yeah, it was. I made chicken quesadillas because I'm awesome. Mm-hmm. So. And, I, and I made green sauce. Yeah, you're awesome. also awesome. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's the apartment of awesome. Yeah. And the, the little the boys are running around. They're so cute. Wrestling with each other and stuff. Today, so our cats, this is who we're talking about. Today, I they weren't they were on the couch taking a nap at, like they do uh, about around nineteen hours out of the day, right? <laughs> and but the one I think it was yeah it was Boxer had his arm like both of his arms or you know front legs around. Buddy, his brother's neck, like, like basically, like he was hugging him. So while cute. they were sleeping, I maybe I should maybe I should figure out a way because I know on our website that I can. It takes a long time to upload. Like, it's I think a picture is something in the neighborhood of like, know, like four hundred k or something like that. That's uh, like how many how many bytes it is, you know. Wouldn't we need to <clears throat> first get a digital camera? Yeah, I have to. Well, what I have to do is I have to transfer it to like I have to get it. I have to take the the camera in, take the images in, get it transferred, and then upload it. But you Sounds can also like a pain actually in the ass. actually no, you don't need. You don't need any kind of camera that has what I can do is scan it in. I can scan it into you. They they have these new printers where you put a picture in there, like a physical picture, and you can scan almost like a Xerox, right? Like a copy, 
and you can it hooks up to the computer. You can scan it in there, okay. but it takes a long time to upload it. So we're going to buy a scanner. Yeah, a printer scanner. Yeah, and then I could put it on. I could put uh, some pictures of them on retrolatefee.com. So if anybody wants to go see the new kittens, they can go to retrolatefee.com and see them. I guess, but um, I guess I better also mention that we have a Patreon in case you guys want to help us buy a scanner. Yeah, well, you know. (laughs) So check out that Patreon website his friend made. Yeah, that's right. My buddy made this, and we're the only ones on it right now. Just so you can, you know, give us money. Yeah, you can donate to us to to tell us how much you appreciate us doing this show. Well, and we do put a little bit of extra stuff on there for you, too. Oh, there's extra stuff there. Yeah. We haven't done any extra stuff in a minute. No. Like, a while. Like, <clears throat> you've been busy. Yeah. Really busy. He yeah. works a lot of overtime. I do. It's fun. To pay for the apartment. That's right. It makes sense. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it's logical. You're right. I work too. Yeah, yeah, we both work. We're at the point in our lives where we both work. What age is that? You decide. Right. But we're at the point of our lives where we where we are living in an apartment together. We're no we're not yet married and we don't have any children. We're living in sin. Oh yeah, that's right. Snow good. It is snow good. You're right. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> but I mean like what what was your favorite thing that we did this week, Carol? I'm stretching for time, by the way, guys, because guess what? I have you might have noticed I have no news at all this week. I scoured the paper and I was like, nothing of interest is happening. At least not in the entertainment world. There might be some politics stuff happening or whatever, but, but nobody cares. And then there's like you know the Olympics is going on, but like nobody cares, right? I mean, yeah. Carol obviously doesn't care. But uh my favorite thing we did this week was frickin' snuggle with kittens. I mean, come on. Frickin' snuggle with kittens. Well, we yeah. went to the mall as well, which is always fun. Yeah, the mall is awesome. Yeah. I bought a choker. Yeah. And you moved in with one. Um Ain't <laughs> <laughs> hey, no. Um No, we uh I went rollerblading with some friends of mine. <laughs> the coordinated people do stuff. Right. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I um, I recorded on the VCR the music video of um, Runaway Train by Soul Asylum. Soul Asylum. Because he keeps missing it, and uh, it makes me cry, and I wanted to share the tears. Yeah, I've missed it for three years. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible, but you have, so... I know. I, I've I've heard the song. I like the song, but I've never seen the video with all the missing kids. It's so sad. So we spent all weekend uh, looking for missing kids. <laughs> we just kept coming up to kids on the on the like uh, in the mall or or at stores. Like, uh, do you know where your parents are? <laughs> Have you been kidnapped? It is nine o'clock. Do you know where your parents are? Right. And then the they they're holding their parents' hands. <laughs> Mommy. No, but seriously, it's super sad, and uh, it makes me cry, and I kind of hate it, but I kind of love it, because I kind of love things that make me cry. Well, that's Soul Asylum for you. Right. They sing that that other song, you know. They say that misery 
Love's company. You know that song? Kind of. We could start a company. I think I've heard it before. And make misery frustrating. Oh yeah. Okay. It always it always takes till the that area of the song to The chorus? It. Yes. <laughs> that area of the song. <laughs> that little piece of music. <laughs> anyway, so uh as mentioned we don't have any news. We also didn't watch The Real World this week because it's so boring. Well, and because none of you decided to write us and say that you like listening to us talk about The Real World. So yeah, exactly. we just assume you don't want to hear it anymore. All right. So now we're just going to talk about the movie we saw this week. Oh, what the movie. Tin Cup. Tin Cup. I am convinced that Kevin Costner... Picks what movies he's going to do based on what sport he wants to learn. Because <laughs> he does so many sports movies. What are all the sports movies he's done? Bull Durham. Field of Dreams. Uh, others. <laughs> this. And I feel like he's been in at least a couple of their sports movies. I mean, do you consider uh, bodyguarding a sport? Yes. <laughs> I also consider working for the uh, the Department of Treasury a sport. Okay. So The Untouchables is also a sports movie. Cool. They put one of ours in the in the in the hospital. We put one in the morgue. You know that movie, right? Sean no. Con- Sean Connery. Oh my god, that movie's so. You've never seen on The Untouchables? No. Oh, it's so good. Is it? He plays Elliot Ness. The you know, and then the Robert De Niro is Al Capone. Who does a really good Al Capone, too. Hmm. And it's about, like, they fucking try to kill each other and stuff. Well, maybe we'll go to Blockbuster this weekend. Sean Connery is really good in it, too. And I can listen to you do Sean Connery impersonations for the next, I don't know, <laughs> five days. This is Chicago. Oh, jeez. But that's a, that's the funny thing, though. Because it's like, he's he's supposed to be some Chicago fucking, like, old-time Chicago policeman. And he's like... Welcome to Chicago. <laughs> he, he can't. He cannot do an accent. He can do Scottish. Well, he is Scottish. I know. I'm to saying him, that's, that's his not, accent. That's the him, one that's he can not do. An accent. That's how he was born. <laughs> but I mean, I guess you wouldn't want him to try at this point. No. Like English spy. Oh, hello, money penny. <laughs> that's my the my my joke. Sean Connery in a movie. I don't know if I've ever done this on the show before or not, but you have. I have. Mm-hmm. All right, well, forget it then. Do it though. No, because I'm sure not everybody listened to that tape. Every tape is somebody's first tape, right? Right. Sean Connery's and you know because he's because or Scottish and every movie he's in, you mm-hmm. know, Russian submarine commander, all that stuff. Right. And so it's like, all right, Sean, this movie takes place in Scotland. Everyone in it is Scottish. Except for you. You're a Spaniard. <laughs> I'm going to try. Como esta, senor? <laughs> anyway, Tin Cup. Tin Cup. It's Ke- a golf movie. Kevin Costner learns golf. It it really no, Kevin Costner knows golf in this movie. He's a golf pro. He's a golf pro who owns a driving range. 
Yeah, the the last driving range to the last play last what? But last place to hit golf balls for five hundred and twenty miles, like Salome, Texas, West Texas. I don't. I didn't understand a lot of the movie. Okay, because I don't understand a lot about golf. You understood the uh, the romance, though. Yeah, that was the only part I liked, and even that was a little weird. <laughs> yeah, I heard you say some things. <laughs> It was weird. I don't disagree. I mean, she shows up for her golf lesson. Rene Russo. She's supposed to be a psychiatrist. Like a doctor. She is a doctor. Like what in the actual... Or was she a psychologist doctor? She was a doctor, but I don't remember what. I think a psychologist doctor. That makes more sense. Because she doesn't seem like the kind of doctor that can write for meds. She shouldn't be able to write for meds. And she didn't she, act like a person who could write meds. Thank she's God. Little, she's a little crazy. And uh, Here's the thing. At one point towards the end of the movie, like, there's a scene, and I, I am convinced that they just tacked the scene on at the end. The, the them on the couch, him mm-hmm. laying on, in her lap on the couch, that they test screened this movie, and audiences were like, what the fuck is this ending? And they were like, oh, we got to, you know, we got to have a little conversation between the two of them. And, like, they beat you over the head with, um, she's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, you always go for it, Roy, or whatever, and I'm learning to, to give up a little bit, and, and, you know, to basically kind of saying, like, you're so free-spirited, and I'm helping ground you a little bit, and I'm so grounded, and you're helping me to be a little bit more of a free spirit, but she's a fucking mess. Yeah, she is. If her character was... Totally buttoned down by the book. I am very professional type person. That would make more sense, but that's not her. No. At one point, he comes to her office for one uh, session of one therapy session, which is so inappropriate. And yeah, absolutely. But she she likes him, even though she's dating Don Johnson in the movie. But she likes him and calls up her old professor. Basically saying, I have this patient, he likes me, but I can't pass him along to anybody else because we're in the middle of nowhere in West Texas, and it's like a long way before he could get to another therapist's office. And the way this this is shot is so weird. They, I know what they're trying to do. They're, it's trying to be like time lapse because they keep making cuts. She's on the phone with, with her old professor and saying like, oh, he's yeah, he's cute, and you know, okay, whatever, he's dreamy, you know, and stuff like that. But they're it's like quick cut between her, and she's just like, ah, just like laughing and like breaking down and drawing circles while while she's talking to him, just mm-hmm. drawing like because she's so nervous or whatever. And they keep doing these quick cuts, like oh, a lot of time has passed, but it doesn't fit with the scene. No. There's not enough change in the direction of the conversation for it to really fit with the way they're cutting it. When they cut scenes like that, where it's like, Oh, things are changing. It's usually either very funny jokes. Like they're doing joke, cut another joke, cut like that. Mm -hmm. Or it's the conversation abruptly shifts somewhere else to kind of punctuate those cuts. But there, it, this seemed like one you know, I don't know, two-minute conversation 
like one unbroken two minute conversation of her talking to her, to her professor. Right. That they then just put a bunch of cuts in. Yeah. And it did not work with the way the scene was was filmed. It wasn't edited properly with those cuts to make it seem like a lot of time was passing. Now, I'll be honest. I was so bored I may have drifted off a little bit oh, in yeah. the middle of the movie. Really? When there was a lot of golfing going oh, on. Oh, you think so? I think everyone around us heard the snoring <laughs> at some point in the in the movie theater experience. And I think I might have missed something between the two of them. Okay. Because it seemed like they went from no relationship to a relationship very quickly and without a lot of buildup. They went from no relationship to fucking very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. You're right. And he took her to this lake and uh-huh. he tried to kiss her and she wouldn't kiss him. Mm-hmm. And it was a whole thing. And then the next fucking time they see each other, they fuck. Yeah. What? Well, she never broke up with her boyfriend. No, she... Okay. You're right. She didn't. But they did? It's really, it's a really weird situation. So she's dating Don Johnson, who everyone keeps telling her hates old people, kids, and dogs. <laughs> Those are the three they say throughout the entire movie. And at one point, Kevin Costner, when he goes into the, the therapy session... He admits to her, I'm in love with you. I fell in love with you the first time I saw you. Blah, 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 blah. And she's like, I don't know. You know, she thinks he's cute and everything, too, and somewhat charming or whatever. Mm -hmm. But that's, like, the extent of it. Then she's helping him psychologically, or supposedly she is, but we only see her do that, like, once or twice. And don't They don't work super close together. Right, and then he's teaching her how to play golf because she's coming in for golf lessons. But we only see that twice. Okay. After they make that deal, we never see her, him give her golf lessons anymore, and we don't really see her doing any kind of psychological work with him. Hmm. She's in that one. She's that one thing where he breaks all the clubs and he uses just the seven iron, mm-hmm. which she's, is stupid. She's there. Oh yeah, she's there and talking to him, and that's like it. That's the only time we see. So so there's not. There's not enough scenes between the two of them. No. Instead, we do a lot of golfing montage scenes, uh-huh. which is not... And I like golf, but that's not the important part of the movie. If I want to watch golf, I'll watch golf. This is a movie. Oh. Give us some story. I felt like clapping. At the Ugh. end of the movie, I felt like doing the clapping like this. It's awful. But anyway, so... Yeah, there's not a lot of buildup there. Then, she tries to kiss her at the lake... And she's like, no, I'm with Don Johnson. And he's steady and everything. He's got money. All this shit, right? She doesn't say that, but I mean, that's all the implication. So then he's giving this interview, Don Johnson. And he leaves the interview. And two grandparents, old people, walk up with their grandson, a kid. With a dog. Who's holding a dog. (sighs) And they're like, can we have an autograph? And he's smoking a cigarette. First time we've seen him smoking a cigarette. And he's like, get the fuck out of my face, you pieces of shit. And then he looks at the dog and he's like, what an ugly fucking dog. And then walks away and she witnesses all this. Uh-huh. And I understand like they want to make him two-faced or whatever. Like he's something in front of the camera but not behind the camera. 
But holy shit, if you were putting up a front for your public image, maybe you'd have a breakdown every once in a while or whatever, or like not be able to hold it up every once in a while. But you wouldn't be just a fucking monster behind the scenes because word of that would get around right. eventually. But anyway, so he does that. She sees all that, and, and she, we can see in her face, I'm done with him at this point. But she doesn't tell him that. But the next time, the next scene is at the bar. Right. Where he's being an asshole to Roy McElvoy because he shot an 83. Right. And. Because he's hug over. Yeah, that was a, that was a terrible Stupid. Move. But anyway, she kind of like starts taking Roy's side and then she's like, she makes it really clear. She bets on him. And I think that's her breaking up with him. I guess. Because then like he looks at her and he's like, you do look good or whatever. And then he leaves. And I think that's supposed to be like, he understands they're broken up. She understands they're broken up. Weird. (laughs) It is. It's not logical. It's not the way it would happen in real life. Let me, let me say, okay, the next thing we see is them in bed, but they're under a cover. Mm-hmm. And it's raining, and Romeo is outside with an umbrella. That's his golf caddy. Yeah. And he's inside the trailer Sheet rolling trailer. around in the sheets with this girl. I did not realize until I saw her face that it was her, because that didn't make any sense to me, because there was absolutely no lead-up to them being in bed together. Romeo, Cheech Marin's character, his uh, romance with an eventual getting together with Roy's stripper ex-girlfriend is a better arc of of romance. Correct. Because the entire movie, he's like, you should be nice to her. Why don't you tell her she's pretty? Or why don't you tell her she's a good dancer? Or all this like. The whole movie, he's like you can see, like he does kind of like her, and then they have a couple scenes together where they talk, and and then she has a scene where she's like, hmm, I'm, maybe I'm interested in this guy, yeah, and uh, you know I see him in a new light now or whatever, and then they get together at the end of the movie, and that's that makes all that makes sense. Mm-hmm. They make more sense than Rene Russo and and Kevin Costner, although they do have decent chemistry. Uh, together in the movie and maybe that's for because for once they're an age-appropriate couple yeah it's a 42 year old woman and a 41 year old man and you know i mean yeah they're cute together whatever and it's fine once they're together but it just didn't the transition did not fit to me no i agree i don't i don't think they i don't think they built up or paid off that relationship very well and i don't like i said before it doesn't make sense either where she's like, oh, he makes me, you know, a little more loosey-goosey, and I make him a little more straight and narrow. She's not fucking straight and narrow. She's no. a scatterbrained lunatic. <laughs> That's what her character is the whole time. Yeah. And his character has no arc at all, which is my biggest problem with this movie. But, I, I mean, I don't know if I should get to that or, or yet or not, or, or if we should save it. But I have a lot of things no, to say for at it. the end of this movie. So the movie had me, despite some of the problems that we've been talking about, I thought Kevin Costner's very charming and very good actor, and he really elevates this movie. Renee Russo, very charming, great actor. She helps elevate it as well. And Cheech Marin. I like yep. him. I like him a lot. We saw him in that uh 
the uh, the what's the Robert Rodriguez movie about the vampires? Oh uh, yeah, and uh, and I like and Desperado too, right? He was in that too. I think so. Um, the bartender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like him a lot too, uh, and he's very good in this movie. But so the movie, like, I, the movie had me. I was like, okay, I like this. I like golf more than you, so that probably helped too. But I was like, okay, I get this. You know, I'm, I'm with you. He's got to learn a lesson and everything. The whole movie. When he was a kid, they mentioned this. When he was a kid, he went to qualify Q school, qualifying school, to be on the the professional golfing tour, right? And he had a shot where he had to get over water. And he could have played it safe and sunk a birdie or whatever and qualified. Instead, he wasted, I think it was a similar thing, like seven shots or something like that, trying to get over this thing. He finally did it and made the thing, but guess what? It was one more than he needed to qualify. He had he was qualified for the professional tour with no problem, but he had to prove himself that he could do this because it's all balls and no brains uh-huh. at all. That's what this movie is, and three he he um, exhibits that behavior throughout the entire movie. At one point, when he he wants to do something dumb again. His caddy, who he said, you know, Cheech Marin, who said to him, you have to listen to me. You have to take my advice if I'm going to do this for you, wants him to play it safe. And he's like, fuck that. I'm not going to play it safe. And he's like, fine, you want the three wood or whatever? And he breaks it and snaps it so he can't use it. And then he asks for something else and he breaks it and snaps that. And... So he's like, fine, I'll use this. And he's like, oh, sometimes I have problems with this one. And he, like, he breaks all the clubs. All, all the of rest, his golf clubs. Except for the seven, his seven iron. And then he shoots the rest of the thing with the seven iron. And he qualifies with the seven iron. Like it's some big fucking accomplishment. Like who gives a fuck? That, that proves nothing. That doesn't make you any better than anyone else. Yeah, and it makes you stupider than everyone else. So anyway, so he, but it works out for him. But he does that, right? Now, he says, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay up this time." And what does that mean? That means that he's going to shoot a, uh, a not as far of a shot, like so that the water's right there, right? Mm. You got to go over the water to get to the green, or you can shoot it this way, where there's no water, very safe landing area, and go around it, and then yeah, and then have a uh, uh, a a much shorter shot to just pop up onto the green and then you but you have to take an extra shot so that's what laying up is basically um and romeo's like no go ahead try it or whatever right the first time so he does it doesn't work he'd say he's like he wants to shoot another one he's like just take your drop so he takes his drop and and uh makes it he ends up make he ends up making the course or the the u.s open record or whatever yeah and then he has this, like, you know, major comeback, right? Last round, last shot, he's on the 18th hole with his fucking guy that he hates, who thinks about going for it, who honestly needs to go for it to Don Johnson to mm-hmm. try to tie 
the guy that's one shot ahead of them, Jacobson, who we've never who we've never heard from. The entire he doesn't really matter. No, but it's just so John Johnson doesn't win, right? But yeah, so he's one shot ahead of them, and Don Johnson needs to go for it. This is a case where it's that's the only smart thing to do. You're probably not going to make it, but you need to go for it because that's the only way you have a chance to win. And instead, he lays up like a pussy. Well, fine, whatever. Roy, who needs to lay up so that he can maybe make birdie and win, or if he can't do that, is pretty much assured a par and tie, so they'll go into a a one-round playoff where they play 18 holes the next day, Monday, and whoever gets the best score wins. Um, Instead... He goes for it again, mm-hmm. and then he goes for it again, and then he goes for it again, and all the way till his last ball, and it's like, if you don't make this one in, then we get, we're disqualified, and you're fucked. Why would, why? Why would you even risk that? And so he does it, and he, and he holds it in from there, and everyone cheers like it's a fucking great accomplishment, when really what it is is the stupidest fucking ending this movie could have. <laughs> this character... Like, I don't care about him anymore. Once this happened, I was like, well, fuck this guy. Because his character arc is a straight line. He learns nothing. Right. He they, they don't have to write the prototypical Hollywood happy ending. He wins. He can lose. You know, he could, like, lose by one shot or whatever. But he should have learned his lesson. The lesson being, sometimes... You need to play it safe. Right. And when he says, like, and, and and he never learns that lesson. His character has absolutely no arc. So at the end of the movie, that tacked-on last scene that I am sure was shot after the rest of the movie was <laughs> shot. Because audiences were like, this guy's a fucking idiot. He didn't learn anything. Fuck him. He says in that, you know, uh, people, when this happens or whatever, they're supposed to learn something. I'm trying to think what I learned. And I'm shouting in my head, nothing. Right. You didn't learn anything, you idiot. But that's, I'm sure that dialogue was written to address the audience's problems with the fact that this guy didn't learn anything. And that's when Rene Russo's like, oh, you know, you learn this and, you know, you learn to play it a little safe. And, no, we didn't. But he didn't. Yeah, when did he learn to play it safe? Nah. Nope. It was it was a waste in my opinion. Like the whole movie, just a waste of time. Yes, as story wise, yes, it's a total waste of time story wise. I mean, it was like fine to see the characters interact and whatever, and they're good actors and whatever. But there's too much golf. I didn't understand a lot of the golf stuff that was happening, and um, yeah, like you said, the the arc thing. So, I like yeah. wow, <laughs> dynamite drop it, girl. The arc thing. Hey, don't be me. You mean the arc of the covenant? I'm just saying, I, I would not recommend it. I liked it up until the ending, uh, but I wanted him to learn something. She should have said to him, like he should have wanted to go for it, and then looked at her, and she should have like called him over, and they could have had, like, a real quick scene between the two of them of something meaningful, of her saying, like, you know, you are the best, and a man 
and the, with the biggest balls or whatever, <laughs> right? No matter what anyone else thinks, you're never going to be David Sims or whatever, which is Don Johnson's character's name. You know, you're never going to be a spineless coward like him. But sometimes the smart thing to do is use your brain or whatever. Right. And then he's like, you're right. And then he lays up and either they have a playoff or they don't because he, you know, misses the pot or something like that or whatever. And B finishes second. That's fine. If you don't want the happy ending and he finishes second, fine. I don't care. But have him learn something. Right. Yeah. I liked it. The movie. I would. I was full on. Let's. I'll recommend this movie until the end. I would say uh, don't waste your time watching it unless you know what a birdie and par <laughs> and an eagle and an eagle and an all albatross. those things. Yeah, bogey too. Yeah, but I don't know what any of that means. So I have never seen a movie shoot itself in the foot so blatantly, though. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, I well, I wouldn't say I. That's the thing is, I wouldn't say it was bad. The ending was bad. And the ending retroactively ruins most of the movie. Okay. But until then, I thought it was good. I thought, you know, it was a good love story and stuff like that. And you said you thought at least first half you liked. Yeah, the first half was all right. There was a lot less golf in the first half. A lot less golf and a lot more interaction that made sense. And a lot more of Rene Russo in a tight skirt. <laughs> Wearing there. a bunch of weird golf shit. There was that. Anyway, that is uh, the episode for the week, Carol. You know what to do, I think, if your brain is still <laughs> operational. I see your eyes are at half-mast over there. Write us at retro... No. Write us at slatefee1994.awl.com. That's right. Check out the website. Look for the kitten pictures uh-huh. at www.retrolatefee.com. Yeah. And, and tell, uh, tell your friends. Tell all your friends. That we have a character arc here. <laughs> Even if Roy McElvoy, or whatever the fuck his name, McElroy doesn't. I don't know. Some shitty guy. What was with that director, real quick, before what? we go? The director of the golf thing was like, I don't need this fucking asshole from West Texas. I don't need this loser. I need heroes. I don't need people coming out of nowhere. And he's like, at one point he's like, yeah, he's from Salome or whatever. He's like, wherever the fuck that is. And he's like, West Texas, he's like, yeah, thanks for that, West Texas. Fuck this guy. Who was that director? I don't know. That guy was the best thing about the movie, though. <laughs> he fucking hated Tin Cup, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, that was kind of funny. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.